call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it! And the Big Ten Championship is in Champaign! <laughs> rush the floor! And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois. It's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Larry Bird. The Hick from Salt Lick. Yeah, Hick from French Lick. Whatever. And Eric Fry. I have honestly no idea. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in, uh, welcome to a Tuesday edition of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Parks, Eric Fry here. We're live on the air on 98.9 of the game, ESPN Radio. We're here for the next hour, hanging out with you, talking some uh, sports. Coming up with uh, football, took center stage yesterday with all the recapping that we had to do from high school football and the NFL. So didn't get a lot to uh, Major League Baseball. So uh, with the uh, last week of the regular season underway, we'll take a look at the very few games that happened uh, yesterday and I guess set for the action tonight, as well as update you on where the standings sit as we get closer to the postseason next week. And we're going to talk some local sports as well, local sports action from yesterday, and get you set for what's going on today. And we'll also hit up on some college football as well. We didn't get a lot of it yesterday, uh, and we'll recap the Illini game from Saturday as well. And we'll take a look at the uh, two Monday night games last night. Got not one, but two Monday night games to uh, talk about from uh, last night, including one involving the Rams, your boys team, right here, unfortunately, falling in the whiteout game in the jungle. Half of of what you wanted happened, though. It did. I saw Joe Mixon had a touchdown for you. It did. I was sweating out, though. Oh, well. Some testy moments. Testy moments. In the waning moments of Monday Night Football <sighs> yesterday. So uh, we'll take a look at that as well as whatever we don't get to here in the Treasure Show. We'll get to in the podcast in some sort of a fashion, including a couple of area coaches as well. We got Coach Jefferson uh, from the undefeated uh, Arthur Lovington out with Heyman Knights. Well, you know. When it happens, it happens. Right? Just throw that salt in there. (laughs) So we'll talk about that conversation with uh, him about the Cumberland game on uh, Friday and uh, his upcoming game as well. And also caught up with Coach Wilson uh, from Villa Grove 
as well to talk about his uh, big win against Arcola and what's upcoming uh, for him as it's homecoming season as I've dubbed Rivalry Week as well Mm -hmm. this week. So uh, we'll talk about that in the podcast with uh, those uh, gentlemen coming up. So uh, get ready for some uh, great uh, sports talk uh, today and uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's uh, get it started and uh, let's get it started with First Things First. Before we get into the show. First things first. And we're starting off in a Major League Baseball from yesterday in a very light, light schedule. But it did involve teams that are involved in postseason races yesterday as there was only four games on in the Major League Baseball slate from yesterday, including one makeup game from over the weekend with the Arizona Diamondbacks and the New York Yankees. And the Yankees, a day after being eliminated from playoff contention, they know something about a drought in New York. It's been they'll miss the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Oh man! Everyone feels sorry for the boys in pinstripes in the Bronx, but no postseason trip this year. I read a funny uh-huh. involving the Yankees, Travis, and yeah, it was actually from Sunday. Uh huh. Sure. And that was uh, Yankees got eliminated and the Cowboys lost. It must have been a bad day to be a Lakers fan. Exactly. Yeah, it was a disastrous you saw, day. You saw the same, <laughs> same thing I did. It was a disastrous day. <laughs> but uh, ah, there was uh, slim pickings for this makeup game with uh, not a very big crowd no. on hand for this one. The uh, Yankees ended up winning 6-4 uh, to four as the Diamondbacks have uh, faltered down the stretch as they blew three leads in uh, this one. So mm. uh, that's a good from the perspective because in the wild card race, as it's neck and neck now with the uh, Cubs, as they're now tied for yep. that second wild card spot due to that loss. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Yankees. Uh, yeah. I never thought I'd say that, but thank you, Yankees. Right. Uh, we need all the help we can get, Travis, with this six game stretch we have coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, Rangers, uh, they are playing some pretty good baseball. Uh, right now as they've kind of put in some distance to themselves. There are one of six games in a row now as they beat the Angels of 5-1 to one yesterday. And it was a three-straight homer performance for Texas at one point. So uh, now because of the – even though the Astros won over the Mariners of 5-1, to one, Verlander pitched a great yesterday in their win. So uh, even that, two and a half games now mm-hmm. due to the weekend – Three and seven are the Astros in their last seven. They just got swept over the weekend by the Royals. And so the Rangers have opened up a two-and-a-half game lead there in the West. And things were really tight there at one point. But now the Mariners are down four uh, four games back with a four-game losing streak as well. And so they're three and seven in their last ten. So Texas is widening the gap yes, they are. there in the West. So uh, not before too long, though. Clitch mm-hmm. the West. Uh, into the wild card, though, the Astros are still in pretty good shape. They're in the third wild card spot right now. And the Mariners are the only team that's alive in the wild card race. One and a half games back now of that third and final wild card spot. And then uh, the uh, Padres, they're clinging to a life barely. 
but they lost last night despite a, a great pitching performance by Blake Snell once again turning it out a turning out his best case for Cy Young this He's year. Locked it up, Travis. Oh yeah, I know. He's locked it up for for sure. Uh, six innings last night, four hits, a couple of walks, and seven Ks. He did what he needed to do, but yep. did not get help from the bullpen as the Padres blew it there with uh, Suarez being uh, tasked with going four outs instead of the normal three outs, and they blew it there. And the Giants uh, ended up winning in the eighth inning there, uh, two to one. So uh, Padres not helping themselves. The Giants there also clinging to some sort of life, four and a half back of the wild card right now, and the Padres five and a half back despite playing some good baseball. Mm -hmm. Five and a half games back is a lot here in the final week of the season. So don't know if that's quite going to cut it. And there was some uh, bullpen issues as well with uh, discussion of whether to bring in Josh Hader there or not. But I don't know if he wants to go four four outs instead of the regular three. So I don't think Josh Hader wants to go anywhere anymore, it feels like. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Shell is what I'll say about Josh Hader. Yeah, kind of is. Shell of former self. Yeah, he kind of is, but hey, he went to San Diego, and that tells you all you need to know there. It's almost like going to the Angels. Almost. Almost. And uh, speaking of uh, the Angels, there was uh, something that uh, Mike Trout said uh, yesterday. I you saw this, too. About his uh, future with the Angels because the Angels over the weekend shut him down mm-hmm. for the final week. He said uh, that going into the offseason, I'm doing the same thing I did the last 13 years Going into the offseason, clearing my mind, and getting ready for spring and wearing an Angels uniform in the spring. Ah. So, Mike Trout doesn't plan on going anywhere. Well, that's the, I mean, again, it's I've said this so many times, Travis. What else is he going to say? Well, yeah, exactly. That's what he can say. That, that doesn't mean anything. But I think now more than ever, he's got to look at himself and his legacy of trying to go somewhere else and trying to actually win for a change, he should take a play out of his teammates' book. That's should leave as I, well. Travis, I don't feel it's a priority for him. I know. That's the problem. Like we talk about these guys. I know. Oh, like, they need to leave and, and like go Dame. win. And it's, it's like, like Dame. He finally came around to it. Dame was bullheaded and like I'm just gonna stay in Portland. I don't need anyone else, and I don't need a super team and all that. But now, where's he going? He's gonna get traded this off season, and he's gonna be with someone else. Well, but you say that, Travis. But do you know who the front runner is right now for Dame? I do. It's a team up north. Yeah, way up north. <laughs> the north. They're not a super team. I know. They didn't make the playoffs last year. No. There's no big three in Toronto. No. So, he's not going to a big three. Yeah. But still, uh, he finally came around to the idea of moving away from the Trailblazers, and I think it's time for Trout to do that. And I think it's more of a realistic possibility that the Angels move on from him, especially if they lose Otani. I I agree with you, but here's the problem, Travis. The difference is is that Portland, in the Dame case, has said we are doing a rebuild. We are rebuilding this thing. Mm -hmm. It's not working. The Angels have not come out and said that. The Angels have not come out and said we are rebuilding. Right. Every year, they're. I mean, they traded. They were buyers at the deadline. Uh, yeah. They Every got those year, three. they they are contenders in their mind. Yeah. So until they decide we're going to rebuild, Trout will stay there. 
Mm-hmm. Because as long as the Angels are con- quote unquote contending, he'll be there. Yeah, I guess it's fair. So it's kind of like the Cardinals. Hmm. You gotta you gotta announce what you're doing so the the fan base and the players know what to expect moving forward. Right. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the speaking, uh, of your Cardinals. speaking of the Cardinals, they had a day off yesterday with a lot of major league teams as well as the Cubbies did. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Cardinals, they'll be uh, in Milwaukee tonight. Five forty-five will begin the pregame show start right here on ninety-eight-nine. Hauser going for Milwaukee, and uh, Zach Thompson going for the Cardinals here as we enter the final week of what a um, has been a um, miserable, dreadful season for the Cardinals finally baseball is starting to wrap up one more week Travis one more week just gotta get through one more week of just triple-a baseball and speaking of the Cardinals Travis we got something yesterday I was gonna pass along forgot about it Sunday's game Mm -hmm. we are starting our broadcast a half hour earlier than we thought because we are gonna carry the Adam Wainwright tribute is gonna be hosted by um uh Drawing a blank now. I I don't know who. Guy in the booth. Carrie? Chip Carrie? No. Radio. Radio booth. Uh, Ricky Horton. Uh, let's see if you're John right. Rooney. Uh, John Rooney is going to emcee it on the field starting at okay. uh, 1.30. So at 1245, we will start that uh, pregame show on Sunday uh, for the Adam Wainwright Retirement Celebration. Um, and then that got me thinking, Travis. Uh huh. There's a lot of guys who this is their final week. Yeah, Miguel you know, Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera. Um, you know Terry Francona. We don't know for sure. He hasn't said anything, but mm-hmm. I know his health's been bad. Yeah, he's so, got to be close to retirement. You you would think so. So there's a lot of guys that you know savor these final couple of games because they they could be it. Did you see what uh, the A's? Gave Miguel Cabrera I did not. for his gift. I did not. They gave him a ninety bottle bottle of wine. Uh huh. But apparently he's no longer drinking. He's a recovering. Oh. Recovering. I don't know if you'd say an alcoholic. Right, but right, right. He doesn't drink alcohol anymore. Well, and Travis. <laughs> Way to go, A's. Yeah, good, good call. Someone should have looked into that. And a ninety bottle of wine. Ninety dollar dollar <laughs> bottle of wine. I think we could splurge a little bit more than that. Also, Travis, Clayton Kershaw mentioned, uh, told the Orange County Register that he hasn't made a concrete decision on his future. Mm. So he floated out the R word. Really? Saying that his recent shoulder injury that sidelined him for six weeks will be a factor. He's also said to become a free agent this year. So Yeah, I knew that. You know, he, he possibly could be uh, an, another one of those players that this could be their final week. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So maybe we should have enjoyed him more while we had him. Well, I mean, I know you did. Oh yes. Especially in the postseason. Loved yes. when the Dodgers came around yes. with Kershaw on the mound. Many memories, Matt Adams and Matt Carpenter. A couple more players Shout for out. you, Travis, Zach Greinke. Yeah. Already announced that he is going to mm-hmm. retire. Joey Votto. Yes. Joey Votto. That's the other one. Yep. Has not officially said anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he was pretty emotional in his final game. Yeah, I think I'm going to perform game. well offensively. If not, I'm going to retire. End of story. That's what he told um, uh, MLB.com before the season. So he's currently on the shelf with shoulder discomfort. Um, yeah. So 
it's a, it's a shame that he didn't have more winning teams yep. for him. Yep. So, but uh, here's something that just feels right. The Braves, they're on TBS tonight oh, playing the Cubs. Like... 620, though. Uh. Not 605. Uh. Justin Steele on the, on the bump for the Cubbies. Take what you can get. Elder going for Atlanta tonight to start off the last week of the season for Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, the Marlins there against the uh, Mets. Uh, Phillies hosting uh, the uh, Pirates to begin uh, the week, and the uh, Diamondbacks are playing against the uh, White Sox uh, tonight. And we'll see if that travel from New York, even though it was an afternoon game, traveling to back to Chicago and whatnot. Doubt it was uh, as adventurous as the Steelers oh, yeah. trying to get back home. Yeah, whatnot. That was crazy story to hear Very about. Very much so. Uh, the Rangers continuing with the uh, Angels, um, the Padres and Giants, as well the Astros and the Mariners. Late night doubleheader on TBS. It looks like 905 mm. for Houston and Seattle, and then 620 for the Cubbies and Braves. So they're ramping up. Their coverage yeah. for the postseason beginning shortly. So uh, I think that's all the really races that really matter. The Dodgers and Rockies are playing a doubleheader today. Uh, the Blue Jays are hosting the uh, Yankees. Blue Jays still in the second wild card spot. Rays are in Boston to begin their series. Rays still two and a half back of Baltimore, who's going to be hosting the Nationals to start off the final week. So. Two and a half magic number for Baltimore, shrinking. They're one of the last teams to clinch a division yep. there. Uh, the Brewers, they've already clinched over the weekend, at least that postseason first. So we still got a shot, Travis. We're only six back. Only six back with like six, six to, to go. Yeah. <laughs> you can do the quick and easy math on that one. Right, exactly. Um, oh, and the Brewers were I playing guess, the Cardinals tonight. I guess. You, you could, theoretically, if the Brewers get swept by the Cards mm-hmm. and the Cubs win against the Brewer, against the Braves, then they face each other for three. That's right. So that's yep. why you still have a shot at making up as long as it's down to three. But six, nah, that ain't happening. Mm. We'll get to see a team celebrate tonight. <sighs> oh, yeah. Man. And the that's just gonna too. be a, that's just gonna be an icing on top of the cake mm-hmm. tonight At for least the it's season. In Milwaukee, Travis. That's true. It'd be one thing if they were celebrating in St. Louis. I know that that was horrible. There's that's horrible. Yep. When teams do that. Yep. Against Chip up. Yep. Hey, we we take it. Yep. And we lay, we're like stuff on digs. We just watch the celebration happen. Yep. And whatnot. And hopefully, come back stronger the next season. All right, uh, so uh, let's uh, switch it up and uh, let's switch up to more local sports and uh, let's take a look at some of the action that happened on the local diamond. A big one coming up uh, today in uh, the uh, NTC there. So we'll take a look at uh, that one as well as the rest of the local sports schedule on the way here on the starting lineup. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. 
Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Your trips to Rule King just got more rewarding. Say hello to Rule King Rewards. Earn points with every purchase you make in-store on farm supplies, feed, clothing, tools, and more. Get a $5 reward for every 500 points. The more you buy, the better it gets. Don't waste another minute. You can be earning points right now. Sign up at the register today. It's totally free and easy. Reap the rewards at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. This is Effingham Fire Chief Brent Yoakum. We have all heard about home fires, taking lives and destroying all out of family homes. These tragedies remind us to double check for fire safety. The Effingham Fire Department says, make sure your home has properly installed and working smoke alarms. Replace the batteries each time you change the hour on your clocks. Practice a fire escape plan. Teach children never to hide if there's a fire. In case of fires, the most important thing to do is to protect life. Get out and stay out. If you're struggling with weight and frustrated with dieting each and every year, Mark Patrick Seminars can help. Join the over half million people who have attended Mark Patrick Seminars with feel great weight loss results. Mark Patrick Seminars will be in Effingham on Saturday, September 30th. After this hypnosis, I want to eat good food. Since August, I can honestly say I have not had one potato chip. It was life changing for me. And I don't think about desserts like I used to. Bridget, how much have you lost now? I lost a total of 83 pounds. Holy cow. It's easy. It's fun. Fun, very relaxing and very successful. And I would just say go for it. Early bird special, only $49.99. Lose all the weight you want, 100% guaranteed. Saturday, September 30th at the Holiday Inn in Effingham. Weight loss seminar at 11 a.m. Registration at 10.30 a.m. Attend this program and find out how the power of hypnosis can help you achieve your weight loss goals. There's limited seating, so get there early. Learn more at markpatrickseminars.com. And now, Eric Fry Sports Center update. Missouri hosts South Carolina tomorrow in the battle for the Mayor's Cup Trophy. Tigers enter at 4-5, and five, while the Gamecocks are 5-4. and four. Who really kind of cares about that game? Uh, Carson was, was down with the sickness as he's dealing with an illness as Indy will host the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. The starting lineup. Welcome back in uh, to the starting lineup on 98.9 and the game. I thought that right was a there. good one. I mean, uh, that one was was definitely uh, noteworthy. Was I I definitely wrote that down to uh, save that one for a future bumper. On 98.9, the game. Party people in a place to be. Now put your hands in the air with me. Now come on, now come on. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 and the game ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry alongside, and now let's switch things up to talk some local sports and uh, some local area high school baseball action from uh, yesterday. And we'll start off in Louisville as it was North Clay matching up with Brownstown St. Elmo. And it was North Clay winning this one 4-1 as North Clay picked up two in the bottom of the second inning there. 
And then they picked up runs in the fourth and a fifth inning, and Brownstown picked up one in the top of the seventh. But at that point, it was a 4-1 to one win. Brownstown only able to scratch across two hits against uh, Compton. He went the distance. He went all seven innings, only giving up that one run. A couple hits, eight Ks, no walks there for North, North Clay and uh, Schwab take the took the loss. He went four and two-thirds innings, giving up four runs, five hits, five Ks, and seven walks. Well, some RBIs uh, credited to Ingram and uh, Jones for North Clay there as the Cardinals pick up the uh, dub. It was uh, Nioga with the uh, win over Woodlawn, and that one was a 17-2-4 final score. As Let me pull up the uh, box score here, as I thought that I had it, but my computer went... Uh, Haywire. Sideways. Yeah. Hate technology. Don't you hate when that happens? I do. I just hate technology. Hmm. Well, I thought that I had it, but I don't see it in the, uh, in the email now. Well, isn't that just fun? Isn't that lovely? <laughs> All right, so I guess uh, I won't do it then. Uh, the uh, winning pitcher was uh, White. He went two innings, giving up one hit, one run, and one earned, and uh, three uh, strikeouts. Uh, Probst led the way offensively uh, for Nioga. He had uh, four RBIs, and uh, Lacey, he had uh, three RBIs there to help Nioga win that one over Woodlawn. And it was also a topless uh, getting uh, the uh, victory over uh, Dietrich by the uh, final score there of 12-2 as Topolis eight runs in the bottom of the first inning and two more in the third, two more in the fourth. Dietrich alone runs came in the top of the fourth and the top of the uh, fifth as this one was a only a five-inning affair. Uh, Kramer, he went four innings, only giving up one hit, picking up the win for the shoes on the mound, only giving up that one run credited to him and two walks and eight strikeouts there. Funneman, he didn't get out of the first inning. He only got one out and he took the loss for Dietrich. He went six or he gave up six hits, eight runs, all of them were earned, and a couple of walks as well. Uh, French came in in relief and uh, did a decent job. Uh, three and two thirds innings in relief there, but it was all shoes in uh, this one. Uh, Z Niebergy, he had a home run and a couple RBIs. So did Warman and uh, Thompson having two RBIs. M Niebergy, Custer, Holscher, Craig all had the other RBIs credited. And only one credited RBI for Dietrich. It went to uh, Meinhart there. In volleyball, it was a St. Anthony or St. Elmo getting the win over Patoka in two sets, 25-18, 25-15. North Clay, Clay City with a win over Totopolis, 25-21, 25-23. One two straws and two sets over Shelbyville, 26-24 and 25-20. South Central defeated CHBC, 25-13, 25-12. And it was Cumberland over Dietrich, 25-17, 25-22. Uh, rest of the Lincoln Prairie, it was Monticello over Arthur, 25-18, 25-18. Uh, Judiah Christian over Villa Grove in two sets, 25-17 and 25-22. And uh, Judah Christian hasn't lost a game 
this season, so they're still undefeated there. Uh, the little line eye, a couple of scores of Fairfield over Mount Carmel in two sets, 28-26, 25-15, and Riverton Park defeated Paris, 25-14, 25-17. In the Central Illinois, it was uh, Heritage over Tuscola in two sets, 25-10, 25-17, and it was Unity Christian over Clinton. Clinton won the first set, 25-22, but Unity Christian won 25-18, 25-15, in the second and third sets. And finally, in the South Central for volleyball, it was Alden Marquette over Carlinville in three sets. Long a first set. I mean long. 32-30 oh. was the score. Oh. Hmm. That's a huge first set. Yeah, so. Uh, but then uh, Carlinville won the second set 25-9. to and then uh, Alden Marquette won 25-20 in the third and a final set. I'm sure some tire legs there mm -hmm. in that second set, only nine points there. Uh, Nicomas won it over Hillsborough in two sets, 25-12, 28-20 and six. And Lincolnwood over Litchfield, 25-18. Litchfield won the second set, though, 26-24. And Lincolnwood third and a size set goes their way, 25-7 there. In a boys' golf uh, yesterday in uh, one of the last meets before the uh, regionals uh, start, uh, St. Anthony uh, won the uh, Belleville Altoff Crusaders Invitational there in uh, Belleville, and a lot of teams participated in here. So uh, that's a good accomplishment there for uh, St. A. Uh, Dakota Flag, he had a, a 70, and he was third overall for the uh, tournament, uh, Joey Chaprino. He had a, a 71, and he was fourth overall. Layton Ludwig had a 73, and that was good for ninth overall. So three in the top ten for St. Anthony. Uh, Preston Phillips had a 75, and Charlie Wegman had an 80. Ryan Schmidt with an 84 there for St. Anthony, rounding out their scores. In soccer yesterday, it was topless Oliver Robinson, a 6-1. Bethalto Civic Memorial, Oliver Mattoon, a 7-0. Mount Zion defeated Olney 6-1, Muhammad over Urbana 7-2, Argento over Decatur MacArthur 4-2, and Greenville over East Wood River 7-0. In a tennis, it was a sweep for Tatopoulos as they beat Charleston 9-2-0, and it was a St. Anthony winning in a close one over Greenville 5-4 in tennis action yesterday. Okay, before you move on to action going on today, Travis, mm -hmm. uh, Newton Junior High Boys Baseball ended up third yesterday at State. Um, check that, softball. Ended up third at State yesterday. They beat Beardstown 8 to nothing. They ended up this season 16-1 and yesterday. Uh, winning pitcher for uh, Newton was Gast, who went seven innings, five hits, five Ks, one walk. Yeah, so a big... Congrats to them yep. for their uh, great season. They lost one one and one the other day. Yep, seventeen and one, and so that one loss was their one loss that they had all mm. year. They lost to uh, Beecher, who ended up winning the whole thing. They beat Metamore yeah. four to one. Uh, Beecher finished twenty six and two. Metamore, by the way, six and nineteen on the year, ended up finishing second in the state. Wow, a nice, run. Yeah, yeah, nice postseason run uh, for them. Uh, there is the. Uh, had to been uh, pushed to yes. yesterday due to the weather this past weekend mm -hmm. and the normal uh, there. So 
Uh, congratulations uh, there. Yep. Uh, local sports a schedule for today in high school baseball. We got uh, South Central at Dietrich, uh, Brownstown hosting Windsor's Two Straws, and Nioga is at CHBC. And then the big one at uh, Paul Smith Field today. It is Altamont against uh, St. Anthony, and this is for the uh, number one seed in the NTC tournament, and this is for the NTC regular season title as well as uh, St. Anthony. Only one loss this fall as it was just occurred on Friday against the Topless and Altamont pretty good as well. So this is the, the big one uh, today at uh, Paul Smith Field there, and I believe it starts at 4.30 uh, there today. So uh, check that out there in town. So head on over there and support the Indians and Bulldogs. Yeah that pivotal matchup there in a volleyball tonight we got oblong is at st elmo uh, st anthony is at altamont Winds two straws hosting a chbc neoga at ramsey and topless at dietrich uh, fem travels to mount zion tonight mattoon hosting charleston and the coles county clash on the volleyball side uh, muhammad seymour is at paxton buckley loda our is at cumberland tri-county hosting arthur sullivan at argenta unity christian at sarah gordo uh, Mount Carmel is at Lawrenceville, Newton at Vandalia, Marshall hosting Olney, and Robinson at Casey. In the boys' golf, we have FEM traveling to uh, Flora, and Muhammad Seymour hosting Mount Zion in uh, girls' golf. In uh, soccer, we have St. Anthony at Arthur, Mattoon hosting FEM, Altima is at Salem, Newton at Topless, Taylorville hosting Mount Zion there. Vandalia at Gillespie, Pena at North Mac. In cross country, we have uh, North Clay and uh, Dietrich. We have Shelbyville, Clinton. They're at El Paso, Gridley. North Mac, Staunton at Litchfield and Taylorville. Hosting Pena. And in tennis action, we got Champaign, St. Thomas More at St. Anthony. Robinson hosting at Tatopolis. Charleston at Muhammad. Mount Zion at Mattoon. Newton at Paris. Greenville at Shelbyville. Vandalia at Centralia there. So, Entire schedule is up on the website, fmradio.com. Just click on our local sports tab over there, and that's where you can find those results. Mm -hmm. So uh, we will uh, step away, and we'll be back, and we'll talk about some uh, college football, including the Illini game on a Saturday. And it was supposed to be a get-right game against FAU. Turned out to be an ugly win there. So we'll talk about that coming up next here on the Star Lineup. We'll be right back to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. We need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment. This is Lucas Crenning with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together, we can save lives. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents, and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-342. 3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. 
Bundling and saving with GEICO is an easy choice, so you're free to ponder life's big questions, like what's the best animal in the world if not humans? I'd strongly consider ducks to be somewhere up there on the list. Think about it. Ducks can swim, ducks can fly, and ducks can walk on land. They have access to all terrains. They are the ultimate animal. And they wiggle their butts when they walk, which is funny. Yeah, ducks are awesome. End of story. Bundling and saving with GEICO. It's an easy choice. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. Get in zone. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. Get in zone. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix finder only at AutoZone. Get in zone, auto zone. Restrictions apply. And now, Eric Fry Sports Center update. Chicago Alderman George Card- Cardenas, whatever, believes the city should take drastic measures to keep the Bears in the Windy City. The starting lineup. What was that Chicago Bears guy name? They were like, ah, who cares? George Card- Cardenas. Cardenas. I don't know who that is. I was going to say, the only George I know from Chicago, George Hallis. Yes, it's the only George that matters. Only one that matters. On 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry, Sports Center Update. The Blues continue exhibition play when they take on the Columbus Blue Jackets at Enterprise Center tonight. Of course, the Blues split a split squad doubleheader with the Coyotes over the weekend. Have a 1-1-0 preseason record. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor appears to be staying put. According to CBS Sports, several teams around the league believe the Colts never had a true intention of trading Taylor anywhere. 24-year-old is eligible to return in Week 5 when he is expected to be activated off the physically unable to perform the list. Indianapolis has won back-to-back games and is leading the AFC South at 2-1. Colts host the Rams Week 4 at Lucas Oil Stadium. Notre Dame is hoping to avoid making the same mistake again. Head football coach Marcus Freeman took ownership of only having 10 defenders on the field for the final two plays of last week's loss to Ohio State. According to ESPN, the Fighting Irish will have a signal that will draw a penalty to stop the game and provide an opportunity to get an 11th defender on the field. Notre Dame used its final timeout with only seven seconds remaining in the game. On the second-to-last play, Freeman said nobody noticed there were only 10 defenders on the field. By the time the staff noticed it right before Ohio State's final game-winning play, it was too late. And things are not going good for the Chargers as there's a warrant out for Charger J.C. Jackson in Massachusetts. And Mike Williams has a suffered a, suffered a torn ACL. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. Travis Parks Bad here. Day. Eric Fry over there. Bad, Bad day, day for the Chargers. Yeah. You got a warrant out for one of your guys and you got a torn ACL on another. Yeah, that uh, torn ACL. That's a Mike big, yep. big blow there yep so but uh, of course i knew that about the uh, blues that's why i was wearing blues gear today for that preseason game all about it i know you are i what about that report travis about the colts never intending to trade jonathan taylor yeah does that make relationships between the two worse i think it has to right yeah they can't make it any better no and no and notre dame i just find that hilarious 
Yeah, it breaks my heart. I know it does. That's why I had to put it in the sports center. I saw it this morning. I'm like, well, I got to put this in there for drive. <laughs> I know it's going to tear him up. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about the other side of that equation too for Ohio State as well that I wanted to get to in college football on a Saturday again. It was supposed to be a get right game for the Illini, not so much as it was them pulling out an ugly win. There as they won this one a twenty three to seventeen. Yeah, they didn't cover. We already mm. were over that in the pick'em yesterday. Uh but gets back to five hundred. Two and two wasn't the prettiest of effort. We take off the Scooby Doo mask and we're the same Illinois that we always have been mm. of winning these games that we should be winning in blowouts. We barely scrape by. But some positives, though. We had 507 yards of total offense, yep. 303 passing yards. Uh, Luke Altmyer, uh he was sacked a lot. Uh, he was 25 of 36. Um, he missed some deep shots down the field, but no turnovers. Yep. So that was, that was good. Yep. And that was a good thing to say, especially after the Penn State game. Yep. Um, another positive was uh, one of uh, Luke's favorite targets was Isaiah Williams. Yep. Eight grabs, 120 yards, tying him for a career high, including that big highlight reel grab, 45-yarder as uh, the Illini were backed up on third and 13, a deep in Illinois territory, and he got that. And also Isaiah Williams now has at least one catch in all 29 games since he switched from quarterback prior to the start of the 2021 season. It's the second longest active streak in the Big Ten. So Isaiah Williams, good for him. And not a great start for the Illini as uh, they were stopped on fourth down as it was a turnover on downs. Altmeyer on the second possession, there was a strip sack, and Florida Atlanta converted that into points, even though, again, defense bends but don't break as they, in the red zone, held them to a field goal there. And then uh, three and out for the Illini, and what I thought was a bogus personal foul on the punter hitting the returner out of bounds. Punters can't really, you know, probably was light as a feather knocking him out of bounds there, but either way, it was a penalty. Yep. Set FAU up and FAU ten to nothing after yep. a touchdown pass yep. uh early. So things not looking too well for Illinois in the early going. I mean, no, it was a come from behind Illinois win that you you take. You're you're happy to take. Um but again, Travis, this I, I'll say it again and I say it every week. This team is not good. You know, one of your big points going into this game of why, oh, it should be a bounce-back game. Yeah, Florida Atlantic, they have their backup quarterback in. Yeah, he threw for 256 yards and two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Backup quarterback, doesn't matter. You're going to toast this Illinois defense. (laughs) Uh, You know, the only thing I can say Illinois defense was they held the running game to under 100 yards, but Florida Atlantic doesn't run the football. So. Yeah, um, their running back was kind of banged up yeah. coming into the game. Yeah. So, man, so that's why they didn't do that. Uh, you know, I, I think Altmeyer looked good. He still fumbled. Still had a fumble. Yeah. But he lost. So. Two fumbles and uh, same things happen every week. Six penalties. Yep. Three personal fouls as well. And offensive line still wasn't great generating room to run for the lack of yep. run game and also gave up four sacks as well. Yeah, and I was going to say, oh, Reggie Love had a decent game. 12 carries, 85 yards compared to what he had, but then you looked that he had one carry for 61 yards. 
That means that a whole lot didn't happen after that one run. Yep. So the the one positive, Travis, I can say, and this is the one positive I'm going to say, mm-hmm. 53,000 people there. The fans still showed up. I was going to say, it still the looked pretty fans full. fans still showed up, and we were worried about that. Mm-hmm. You know, because Penn State was down. There wasn't this many people there to see Penn State. Yeah. As there were to see Florida Atlantic. Now, here's the bad thing. They probably came to see Florida Atlantic because you knew you were going to beat Florida Atlantic, and you barely did it. Mm-hmm. So this Illinois team is not – Travis, can you please jump on the bandwagon with me, or am I going to have to sit over here by myself still? You're going to have to sit by yourself still because now we get into the the teeth and the meat of the Big Ten schedule, and we play from here on out besides Maryland and Indiana. They're the other two crossover games. We just need to win the West. That's all that matters now from this point forward. So, And you have a decent opportunity because right now, as we sit here on the 26th day of September, there is not a ranked opponent on our schedule. Exactly. So that means there's some winnable games out there. There should be. So, but this isn't a good Illinois team. Yeah, it's not been uh, not been great so it's far. It's not been great. But it's also been far from great. Also, another uh, thing that I wanted to mention here is that uh, I mentioned it in the interview with uh, Coach Jefferson as well. But uh, Fagan yep. getting into the game, yep. and then at the uh, very end, instead of taking his first career touchdown, uh, he slides down to preserve the win. And so the Illini could run the clock out. Yep. So we get into that with uh, Coach Jefferson in the uh, podcast. So make sure you stick around uh, for that uh, part of the conversation. Just uh, want to let you know, Travis, our defense has given up the second most points in all of the Big Ten West. Yeah, And we scored the fourth least. Mm-hmm. I know. But, yeah, you take it. And uh, you move on. You move forward, right? And it's onward and upward. As uh, coming up uh, this week, we'll be previewing a little bit later on Friday. But it's a battle for the Canaan. It's against Purdue. And our old friend, Coach Walters, the head man there at Purdue. And so we'll preview that game a little bit later on. Illinois, Purdue. Don't need to mess with it. Trying to find a subscription to Peacock. Those that are unfortunate to not have that. Because uh, it's only exclusively on Peacock. So don't worry. We got you covered on the radio as it's 2.30 kickoff. So 1.30 begin of the pregame show uh, there. Uh, the only other thing that I wanted to mention in uh, college football was elsewhere. There was a lot of bulletin board material being used by some uh, pregame show hosts or coaches watching pregame shows and watching other shows, and they put uh, that as uh, billboard material. Uh, one of the things that uh, Oregon just came out with, they just came out with a five-minute long recap of the game against Colorado no yesterday, and it said the Ducks versus them. Oh. Didn't even mention them by name. And it was like a at least almost a minute a part of the clip was Colorado trash talking before the game. I mean, I appreciate because there was a lot of trash and stepping talking going on. and stepping on the O yeah. at midfield. I always as like well. it when people step on midfield and then get their butts kicked. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly uh, what happened. But I did think that was ironic in the pregame uh, with uh, the Oregon coach saying, "We're we're they're out here playing for clicks. We're out here playing for wins and talking about their flash and whatnot." Oh, that's that's cool coming from uh 
school that has 5,000 different or uh, jersey combinations and helmet combinations. But They can't help it that Nike is literally in their backyard. Hey, don't talk about a team showing flash when you come but out with flashy uniforms. But, Travis, there's a difference between it, and you know that. I guess so. The flash of Oregon is different outfits. The flash of Colorado is we're big, we bad, we ain't no one stopping us because that's Deion Sanders. Yeah. Prime time. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I mean. I know, but still, yeah. uh, that was a, a little ironic there. And then uh, Washington ta- Washington State, who would be uh, Oregon State, uh, was also asked in the uh, postgame or leading up to it or whatnot, uh, Coach Dickert, he is the coach for Washington State. Didn't appreciate what uh, Lee Corso said on ESPN College Game Day, the real pregame show uh, for college football. And he was talking about how the Washington State-Oregon game was the no-one-watches-bowl between the two teams. Well, Lee Corso was misquoted. He didn't actually say that. He said the no-one-wants-us-bowl because Washington State and Oregon State are the only two remaining in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. or what was the Pac-12. So he went on like a minute-long rant about uh, Lee Corso and whatnot about no-one-watches-bowl and whatnot. and. He didn't even get the quote right. So, Hmm. way to go. Way to go there. And then uh, Ryan Day for Ohio State on the other side of that uh, Notre Dame game took exception to the comments that Lou Holtz made on the Pat McAfee show on Friday, I believe. Pat does the whole uh, gimmick of he has the fake fake Lou Holtz on from time to time and talks about Notre Dame and actually got the biggest get of them all and got actual the real Lou Holtz on a Friday show and they had a little fun uh, with that and he kind of basically called Ohio State soft and whatnot and he said that it's going to bring their lunch pail it's going to be a long day's work and whatnot and Coach Day noticed that and he mentioned Lee uh Lou Holtz in the immediately after the game and whatnot. So, uh, however old Lou Holtz is, he he used that as motivation for Ohio State win. So, mm. getting fired up uh, over old man comment. What was he gonna do? He's the coach of Notre Dame. Like, what was he gonna say? Yeah. There he was having fun on the Pat McAfee show. So, but watch what you say. You never know who or what might be used as bulletin board material there. So that's a couple of the news and the notes from college football there. Yeah, and stick around in the pod, Travis, as I found uh, a bunch of Deion Sanders quotes, and we're going to read them. Ooh, okay. <laughs> you, talk about, you talked about Flash. We're going to look at their head coach throughout his career of the Flash that he has and why it's translating to his team. Yeah. All right. So we'll uh, explore that coming up in the pod, but we're up against the clock and we got to close it out talking some of Monday night football to close out the show. The starting lineup from 98, nine, the game studios. We'll be right back. Hey son, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine. Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. Navigating without a compass, eyes waiting, started to wonder. Metamorphosis, loss of who you thought you is. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org. 
Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Andy's Health Mart Pharmacy is an independently owned Health Mart Pharmacy and is committed to the Effingham and surrounding communities. At Andy's, you'll experience a warm, caring, compassionate expert dedicated to your health. Their pharmacists have a personal commitment to you and our communities. Visit Andy's Health Mart Pharmacy today at 805 West Fayette in Effingham. Health Mart, taking the time to listen and care. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. The one-of-a-kind wood-fired flavor of a Traeger Ironwood XL. And football. That's right, Desmond Howard. Get fired up for the game and just a tap with Traeger's intuitive touchscreen. Then throw on your favorites and monitor the grill from anywhere with Wi-Fi technology. So you spend less time staring at the grill. Which means more time for football. For football. Upgrade your Saturday with Traeger and the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year. Which means... Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash back match. Only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. And now, Eric Fry Sports Center update. Former Indianapolis Colts linebacker Gary Brackett, the owner of the Stacked Pickle Sports Bar chain, has filed for bankruptcy protection. In the filing, all 10 of uh, Brackett's Stacked Pickle locations in Indiana and Ohio were forced to close after the pandemic. Brackett played for the Colts for his entire pro career from 2003 to 2011. He helped the team win Super Bowl 41 against the Chicago Bears. The starting lineup. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. Starting off with the stacked pickle. The stacked pickle. How about yes. that? I'm there. Have, I can't. I, I can't go now. Have not heard of it. Yeah. I, mean, I guess well, we can't go now. Nope. You'll never find out about we'll it. You'll never know. On ninety-eight-nine, the game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. Only here on a 98.9, we're just a, a smidge a bit longer, but coming up into the pod, still more stuff to talk about with uh, Coach Prime there. And we'll close it out talking about some uh, primetime football. No, not Colorado, but uh, the uh, Monday night games from uh, last night. As This one kind of was uh, an ugly, sloppy score. As Eric, we did it again, 25-11. to 11. We did it. That score got me. All right. Second time this week. Yes. <laughs> 20. I thought that looked like an odd score yep. when I saw it this morning. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it sure was. That's the 1,078th unique final score in NFL history, 25-11. to 11. So ugly, sloppy game, but we got a score got me out of it. So it was all worth it. Uh, there. Uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, not that great. Uh, touchdown and uh, two interceptions throwing the ball, and he did uh, sneak it in there 
at the end as well. Uh, DeAndre Swift had a big game, uh, 16 carries, 130 yards. And you bet in the pregame uh, that they were showing uh, Kelsey and DeAndre Swift uh, back-to-back uh, there when it reads Kelsey and Swift. Ah. Why? Wow. Well. If you don't know why, you've been living under a rock Yes. <laughs> over the last couple I mean, of days. Let's be honest. Okay, it's not going to get this far, Travis. But if it does, does she take his name? Does he take hers? Travis Swift? Ooh. I mean, that would be the initials. T.S. I'm all for it. I know. But. <sighs> I don't know. The other one would be Taylor Kelsey. She cannot change her name. No, that's what I'm saying. Hyphen? Yeah. Hyphen, maybe. But. She can't change her name. If anything, Kelsey takes her name. If anything, you're all for put that. the put the pride put the pride aside. But uh, so uh, Philadelphia wins and they're a three and zero now on the season. And then it was a uh, supposed to be a get right game for Cincinnati. And you know it took them a while, but I think they're starting to uh, find their flow. And they moved uh, Chase around the field a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, he tar- was targeted 15 times. He made 12 of those grabs, 141 yards. Didn't find the end zone, though. But still pretty decent fantasy performance there for 12 receptions. And uh, Burrow did throw a pick, but uh, he was pressured a little bit. He was sacked a couple of times. But uh seemed like the chemistry was a little bit off. But, hey, all that matters is Cincinnati won. And, it was a must-needed, must-needed win for them, as uh, they couldn't afford to go down 0-3, and no. that's kind of why Joe Burrow uh, played, so that the risk of going 0-3 was greater than uh, the injury concern there. So, gamer got in, and a Mixon also got into the end zone as well. 19 carries, 65 yards. For Travis's fantasy. For fantasy purposes, though. So he did find the end zone once, did that. And it did just enough there. And the Rams moving the ball late pretty much just sealed it mm-hmm. for uh, for the uh, Rams. 16-19 as they scored there at the very end. But just uh, did not win. And now they fall 1-2 and two on the uh, season uh, there. Couldn't quite there against Cincinnati. So Just a little too much for you. Uh, neither particular game for Monday Night Football was great. Yeah, it's not it's not a double mint thing, Travis. We didn't double our pleasure and double our fun with Monday Night. No, not at all. So uh, the uh, week number four gets started with the Lions and Packers on Thursday on a Prime, and then just one normal Monday Night Football game next week. It's the Seahawks Giants, so you know that's the return of the Manning cast. As well as I, right. I think they've took the last two out. They've set the last two out. Well, I mean, don't you want that in your contract? Only have to work half the well, day. Yes, I would love that. Yeah. So we need to renegotiate there. It's renegotiate season. So that will do it for us here on the Treasure Show, and we still got more to talk about in the pod. But coming up next here on ESPN Radio is a Carlin versus a Joe. Enjoy. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game.
Welcome back in. Welcome to overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, still hanging out with you, and we still got more stuff to uh, talk about in the way of college football. Eric wants to unleash those Dion quotes yeah. on me, as well as uh, I, I did see something pop up on NASCAR that I wanted to uh, oh, uh, get too. to. Uh, with uh, him and get his thoughts on some of it. Okay. So we'll get to that as well as our two area coaches as well uh, with uh, Coach Jefferson uh, from Allah and uh, Coach Wilson uh, from uh, Villa Grove uh, coming yep. up in a little bit as well. Both those guys from the LPC. So we'll get to them in just a second. But is there anything on sports in there that you wanted to clean up? Yeah, the Jets, as we know, Travis, are having difficulty at the quarterback position, and it does not appear that help is on the way. As veteran quarterback Matt Ryan said Monday, he has no interest coming out of retirement to play for the Jets. 38-year-old was addressing a report from Sunday that his representatives had reached out to the Jets in the aftermath of Aaron Rodgers' season-ending Achilles injury. Ryan said his agent was just doing his job to check on potential opportunities, but that he's content where he is right now. Ryan joined CBS Sports as an analyst back in May. Yeah, I I don't blame him. Yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers are back home after their plane was forced to make an emergency landing in Kansas City early Monday morning. The Athletic reports the team landed back in Pittsburgh around 1.15 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. A spokesperson for the Steelers posted on social media that everyone on the plane was safe after the emergency landing. Reports say that oil pressure failure in one of the plane's engines caused the emergency landing. Pittsburgh was on its way home from Las Vegas after beating the Raiders 23-18 on Sunday Night Football. Hmm. Yeah, an adventure trying to get back oh, home. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Michigan State suspended head football coach Mel Tucker says the university shouldn't be allowed to fire him for cause. That's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> We're not going more into that one. Yeah, you don't need to. A Dame Lillard trade could be on the horizon. ESPN reports the Toronto Raptors are viewed as the current frontrunners to trade for the star point guard. Trailblazers have reportedly spoken with Toronto, but no deal was finalized. Lillard requested trade from Portland back in July, but has yet to be moved ahead of the upcoming season. Seven-time NBA All-Star was vocal that his preferred destination was the Heat. The reports are that no substantial trade talks have occurred between the two teams. Kansas State reached a agreement with its men's basketball coach to a new seven-year deal, Travis, through the 29-30 season. Hmm. Jerome Tang. And finally, Columbus Blue Jackets have added a former Stanley Cup champion to their coaching staff. So the team announced on Monday that Mark Rickey will join head coach Pascal Vincent as an assistant this year. Hmm. So there you go. There you go. Won Stanley Cups with the Penguins, the Hurricanes, and the Bruins. Yeah, I got that Stanley Cup pedigree. Yep. He was also behind the bench for the Devils last season and helped run the team's power play. Mm. Yeah, Devils were, were good making yep. the postseason. And that is uh, Sports Center. That's uh, your Sports Center. A couple other things here to add to that. Uh, Brianna Stewart yes. from the Liberty. Second time she's been named the WNBA MVP. Yep. And she did it with a different team this time around. As she should have. I mean, they're the best team. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, Brandon Stewart, MVP. It looks like uh, there's the uh, Taylor Swift effect for Travis Kelsey. Reportedly, his uh, merchandise and jersey sales are up 400%, and that vaults him in to the top five selling jerseys in the NFL. And what a uh, gentleman, Travis. I heard he shut down an entire restaurant for them to just hang out together. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Right. And, and I couldn't tell if that was just those two or if it was others as well, It'd teammates. It would be better if it was just those two. 
Yeah. Like, he didn't want anyone to bug her and him, so just shut the whole I place down. Don't blame him. You see all those people hanging out of her suite? But then again, those I people also, are crazy. I saw a photo of the two of them in a drop-top Chevy cruising the streets of North Kansas City. So, yeah, that was after the game. Yeah, the, yeah. The, nice the looking top car. Down. Yeah, no one was around them. Like it looked like for miles and miles. So yeah, they they had their private time. Yeah, to hope just so. Be friends. Hope so. Yeah, hang out. See just what out. see what works. Dip see, your toes. See what happens. Hey. Yep. Travis Kelsey, all I'm going to tell you is her next gold album is going to be at your expense, pal. So mm-hmm. just be prepared for it. <laughs> and ask, she... ask her laundry list of former boyfriends. Hey, you know, sometimes it takes a while to find love, true love. Yep, just like the turnstiles at her concert. Yeah, I think she's doing uh, all right. Oh, I'm not all right saying for herself, it's and I think that is. But Travis is doing all uh, right for himself too. Yes, here's my thing, Travis, and. We're not going to, I don't know why we're getting into this on this show, but we're going to. <laughs> Does she date people just to get new material for albums? <laughs> right? Uh, like, like, it feels like that. feels like it, but I think it just kind of just kind of happens. But it can't always kind of happen. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't think she goes out. That's her intention. No, I'm not saying it's her intention, but at what point do you think in a relationship she goes... Yeah, this isn't working out, but boy, this is going to make a nice album whenever it all goes wrong. Yeah, it's just a happy coincidence. Happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. It does happen. <laughs> and another thing that I saw on uh, Major League Baseball, uh, there was a study that was done through uh, this past weekend that uh, nine inning games that went three hours and 30 plus minutes. In a 2021, there was 390 of those games. In a 2022, that was cut down to 231. Now, this season, due to the new pitch clock rules, only nine games have gone three hours and 30 plus minutes wow. in a nine inning. In nine innings, so uh, the clock is working. It is there, and honestly, as the season has gone along, and we're a week away from the regular season coming to a close, there really hasn't affected too much. No. Really. Like maybe some people thought that it would be in the way or a distraction or whatnot or take away from the game somewhat. Uh, it's clearly worked beautifully and mm-hmm. hadn't noticed it uh, really all along. It was for, it was tough to get used to at first, but uh, other than that. Yeah, it's and been, it's quit becoming a topic. Like, Yeah, it slowly has a few and far between are the instances yep. that have cause distractions so i just wanted to uh note that as well and uh, before we get to uh coach prime and uh coach uh not coach just coach prime and before we get to the nascar stuff that we're gonna get to let's get to uh, other coaches coach jefferson and uh, coach wilson from arthur and uh, villa grove and they're coming at you right now Travis Parks here joining us on the starting lineup is uh, Coach Jefferson uh, from the Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond Knights and the 5-0 and uh, Knights. And how's it going for you today, Coach? Doing well, thanks. And uh, you got to be uh, feeling pretty good sitting at a 5-0 and and especially after a big win this past Friday night against uh, Cumberland and it was a 14-6 to uh, victory against the Pirates. Yeah, it feels good to get finally get that victory against Cumberland. You know, they've had our number the past couple of years, well, past five years, um, but it always seems to be a close game, a well-fought battle, come down to the end. And um, 
like I said, it was like a playoff atmosphere, so, and we knew that going in. So that's a that's one of those games where you know you're you're happy with the victory, um, but you also need those those close games to kind of get you battle tested. Right, yeah, and I was just gonna mention that that this was kind of the cl- second closest game that that you had all season. <clears throat> that Villa Grove game well, was close as well, but during the course of the season, uh, you have to have some of those type of games where you just uh, find a way to win, and that's kind of seems like what you did on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've challenged our offense, you know, a couple times the past uh, the whole season, you know, to step up and. Um, our defense has played pretty well, but honestly, it was a testament to our defense in this game because it was a defensive battle, especially that second half. Um, and, you know, they did get big plays and chunk plays. They have the best running back in the conference, I would say, um, and Blake McMeachin, but we were able to contain him just enough and to get enough stops. So, um, like I said, I felt pretty good about that side of the ball. Right, yeah, and then uh, all the action kind of came in the second quarter as all the points were scored in that quarter, and uh, you had a long touchdown run by uh, Parsons, and then uh, he got another one in there that made it 14 to nothing in your, your guys' favor, but a lot of action happening there in the second quarter for both teams. Yeah, uh, after that, kind of probably about five-minute span is where all the points were scored. We kind of sure. thought maybe it was going to turn into a – pretty uh heavy offensive game but didn't end up that way but yeah jay started it off with that 60 yard run and honestly he got a couple chances where i really thought they were going to bring him down and he just kept kept churning his legs and making moves and got found his way to the end zone that's just the type of athlete he is and then uh probably their next possession they uh we forced him to punt they threw it over his head so we got it down on the goal line got another score and then and then we let them run down the field. But uh, like I said, yeah, all the action was in about five minutes, so then it became a defensive stand, and um, we just tightened up when we needed to. Right, yeah, and then, uh, you know, the third and fourth quarter, not a lot happening there, uh, not a lot of points being uh, put up on the scoreboard uh, there. So, you know, the both offenses were kind of having a little bit of difficulty of punching it into the end zone there, particularly there in the second half. Yeah, we uh, – you know, we shot ourselves in the foot a couple times. We had some some false start penalties, some some holding, and some different things break down. But um, you know, we were able to kind of keep churning out some first downs and, and melt some clock, which was good. But then we just kind of would putter out. Um, but likewise for their offense, we were able to kind of generate some turnovers. Um, I think they had a couple, maybe three or three takeaways, and I think we had about three takeaways too. So um, it was good for our defense. But again. Um, now I'm challenging our offense to, to really step up these next couple of weeks. Sure, yeah, and uh, like you mentioned, uh, star of the interview was that finally beating uh, Cumberland, finally conquering uh, that mountain. So uh, already the the confidence was, was pretty good, and then now finally uh, conquering uh, Cumberland's got uh, to feel pretty good to kind of get you going here as you get close to the final three or four games of the regular season here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we kind of knew, you know, we knew what was coming down the road. Um, like I said, we got tested early on with Ville Grove. Um, felt pretty confident about weeks three and four, and then we knew this would be a big one. But, um, you know, honestly, we're looking ahead to Nakomas. They're uh, a much improved team. Um, I think they had that week one loss to Arcola, and I think looking back, you know, if they played again, I think they might even get Arcola. So um, they're definitely getting better each and every week. Um, and honestly, they're kind of a younger team. They've got a lot of sophomores playing. So, um, I know they've got some good football players over there, and we are definitely not overlooking them. They're a heavy run offense, so um, it's going to probably be a quick game because both teams will be running the ball a lot. But sure. uh, like I said, they, they've got a 
a three and two and three record or three and two, but either way, they've got um, they're fighting for playoff uh, eligibility. So I know uh, they're going to be bringing a tough competition. Right, yeah, it's kind of the first time that you had a crack at them, seeing them in person, and it's also a homecoming week as well. And there's always sorts of uh, distractions that that comes with uh, homecoming as well. Right, that's what I've talked to the kids about. Just um, staying focused on the goal, you know, beating Cumberland was huge, but we got to we got to come back today and we got to refocus. And like I see, like you said, there's going to be a lot of late nights with homecoming flow building and bonfire mm-hmm. and different things. So um, I'm just hoping that they keep their eye on the prize and. Uh, we just work as hard as we can to get to 6-0. and And uh, just keep uh, turning out uh, those wins uh, for sure. And another thing that I wanted to ask you about here, Coach, was that uh, on Saturday saw that uh, Fagan got into the uh, game and got a few carries for uh, the Illini, and uh, particularly there late in the game, uh, he broke off one of his longest runs of his early collegiate career, but instead of taking the touchdown, he decided to uh, give himself up there and uh, not pad his stats and get his first touchdown of his uh, college career instead he slid down and gave himself up and uh, preserved the team win uh there so uh, i thought that was uh, pretty interesting to see him there of uh taking taking the knee rather than uh getting a touchdown there absolutely when i saw it live you know i was kind of thinking well you know maybe that's something they kind of talked about um in the offensive huddle um but then afterwards i read an article with an interview with bielma um altmeyer and uh Isaiah Williams and all three of them said, no, that was all him. You know, such a smart player, good awareness. And so it's really proud of him for that because obviously, you know, if he would have scored there, they would have been up two scores with a minute left. You, you wouldn't think that Florida would, Florida Atlantic would be able to come back, but he made a smart play and unselfish play. And that's, that's always who he's been. So um, that was really cool to see. And, you know, we, we talked back and forth afterwards and I said, you'll, you'll get your chance. Don't worry. So yeah, pretty, pretty proud of him. Yeah, yeah, he'll give uh, plenty of other opportunities there. Well, uh, Coach, thanks for uh, hopping on here and uh, talking a little Arthur football, and uh, good luck this week on homecoming against Nokomis, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Travis Sparks here joining us on the star lineup is uh, Coach Wilson from Villa Grove, and how are you doing today, Coach? Uh, it's always nice uh, talking to you guys after a win other than a loss, so I've been doing pretty good today. Exactly. It's always better, and you won 21-14 to 14 over Arcola, and you're back in the win column after the win on Friday night against the Purple Riders. Yeah, I mean, every week from here on out, it's kind of like you need to win and you have to win, so um, it, was a, it was a very good win for us, On a, and Arcola gave us everything they got, and uh, it was a great atmosphere. It was a it was a uh, kind of a trophy game that they created for that game, so uh, it was uh, it was a fun night, fun Friday. All right, yeah, and you guys uh, got the the first one of that trophy game, and Arcola they scored a first, but then uh, that ended up being the score after one quarter, and then uh, you tied it up there in the second with a rushing touchdown, and that ended up being the score at halftime. Uh, so kind of a low scoring affair there in the first half with uh, you both getting touchdowns in both the quarters there. Yeah, all our games so far uh, have been close games. You know, not many points being scored. Um, you know, our defense is, is playing pretty good ball. Our offense isn't isn't throwing up huge numbers, and maybe that'll change uh, eventually. But uh, as long as as long as we get the W at the end of the night, that's all that really matters at this point right now. 
And then uh, we always talk about your struggles in the third quarter, but it didn't seem like uh, you had any problems here. At least you got into the end zone uh, and you took the lead 14 to seven after three quarters. So you got another rushing touchdown. So it seemed like the third quarter went okay this week. Yeah, we, we stressed the third quarter uh, is kind of our uh, do or die, it seems like, this year in the third quarter. And luckily, finally, that we uh, played decent. Uh, I think our defense came out and got a, a three and out and uh, got the ball, uh, actually blocked the punt and got the ball uh, in great field position. Um, kind of wanted to throw, I wouldn't say a dagger, but we uh, had a, a pass play drawn up and uh, we talked about it at halftime and uh, I had a perfect but uh, Lane just kind of un- un- underthrow it and threw an interception, so we gave it right back to him. So, uh, mm-hmm. but our defense played uh, outstanding, uh, pretty much all night. Right, yeah. And then at the start of the fourth quarter, they ended up uh, tying it up, and then you guys responded right back with a passing touchdown there from a run to Noah Wilcoxon, and that ended up being the go-ahead score there, putting you guys up twenty-one fourteen at that point. Yeah, uh, we uh, our sn- a snapper kind of snapped it over the, our punter's head, uh, um, and they got the ball at the, the five yard line, and, and we held them three three plays, and it was still fourth and five, uh, to fourth and five to go, and um, you know, we just gave up a uh, an out to the receiver, and mm-hmm. and they scored, uh, and then we went for it on fourth and three on midfield, and I think they thought we were punting it. But I saw somebody, I saw their a punt returner going back, and we had a hurry up offense called and kind of caught him off guard and that was kind of the really the play of the game in my mind where uh and our Kyler caught it down the going streaking down the middle of the field wide open and, and that was kind of a huge play for us in that fourth quarter right yeah I was just gonna mention that it seemed like he had a long grab there and a run was 16 of uh, 26 140 yards and a touchdown in that pick as well and that two had a rushing attack offensively of a Klein and Hunter and then uh, of course Noah with that a uh, touchdown grab as well so those are the guys that were the main focus on offensively against Sarcola yeah uh you know we we've kind of we don't have that uh uh, obviously, you, people know now Brady uh, broke his broke his finger against Cumberland, mm-hmm. and uh, in that first quarter, and he was a, a, not a factor in the whole game against Cumberland. I was just kind of using him as a decoy, um, sure. you know. So, and then uh, obviously he has a big old cast on his hand. He got to have to play linebacker and kind of lead blocking a little bit this week. So he's still involved. Hopefully, they'll get that cast out. I think uh, um, probably next week. And um, so we'll get him back. But, yeah, they, those guys were, were kind of spreading it over and, and using everybody we possibly can. Klein and Butts are hard runners um, and know it's a big target himself. So, um, so yeah, so we're using pretty much everybody we possibly have to, so teams can't just focus on, uh, on one kid. So. Right, yeah, and it seemed uh, defensively, like you said, uh, Brady is still making uh, plays on that side of the football, but then a couple other seniors as well just seemed to fly to the football. And uh, you gave up a couple of scores, but ultimately you made a stop swim when you needed to, and uh, only those were the only two scores of the game for him. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. You know, our defense, like I said, our defense is, uh, is having to step up, and uh, they played a great game Friday night. And, yeah, we give up yards, we give up a couple scores, but, um, you know, Usually, with our offense, we can put up a couple, couple more scores, and and that's kind of where it happens. So, 
defense, obviously, we're stressing for weeks, every week here on out because we know teams are going to run the ball at us, and, and we got to figure it out, and I felt like we figured it out a little bit last Friday. Sure, and then uh, that picked up the second win of the season, you know, two and three, and not much wiggle room uh, the rest of the way. It's kind of, unfortunately, uh, uh, familiar territory uh, for you guys, always teetering on that five and six win uh, plateau there, so you're kind of in that same familiar position again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every week. I mean, we you know every week's going to be a dogfight. We've kind of figured that out uh, every game so far. You know, we haven't been able to put running clock on anybody, and I don't see that happening this year. So you're going to have to figure out ways to win. And and you know, you can stress, you can you can be devastated. Hey, we're going to be six and three or five and four. Or heck, you know, you never know. You know, there's some good teams that are playing good ball in our conference that we haven't even played. So mm-hmm. uh, one game at a time, and whatever happens at the end of the year, you know, it happens. So. Uh, right now, we just got Sarah Gordo on our mind, and we'll see what happens Friday night. And got got a lot of distractions this week with homecoming, and, uh, so uh, so we gotta we gotta come focused. Yeah, it's the coach's uh, favorite week of the season, homecoming this week, and uh, with everything that that brings. And like you said, you're matching up with Sarah Gordo, and they're one and four on the year. Their lone win came against Tri County, and they also had some other losses: the Cumberland, uh, Sagamon Valley, Nicomas, and Sullivan. Uh, there as well on the schedule. So, uh, Sarah Gordo, come and call in for a homecoming uh, this Friday. Yeah, uh, like I said, they 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 got some got some definitely some athletes on the team that you're watching film and you know they're playing for a lot. I mean, they you know, obviously if they, we beat them, then it's kind of knocks some of their playoff hopes out. And if they beat us, then they they're still in the you know in the ball game. So mm-hmm. it's a big week for them. It's a huge week for us. Um, and obviously, you know, homecoming festivities. So uh, we got to figure out a figure out a, a way to get it done and hopefully we'll come out on top on Friday. And hopefully you do and homecoming's better when you win and Coach Well will let you go here and uh, thanks for hopping on the program again this week and uh, good luck trying to survive homecoming against Sarah Gordo. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate those uh, gentlemen uh, for hopping on the uh, show, hopping on the uh, program uh, there. And uh, let's uh, move on and let's talk about uh, some other coaches. Let's talk about that coach in Colorado. Yeah. Coach Prime. Yep. That Eric wanted to unleash some of his quotes. Yes. Now, some of these quotes I'll say are very good that he should use on his uh, definitely use on his players. Like, if your dream ain't bigger than you, there's a problem with your dream. Mm-hmm. like that one yeah it's inspirational if you don't believe in yourself how will somebody else believe in you mm-hmm. good true. one good, good one. motivation um i expect to be great i expect to do what hasn't been done i expect to provoke change mm-hmm. good right thought thought provoking and then there's a couple that aren't like water covers two-thirds of the earth i cover the rest ah yes yeah i like that what separates us is that we expect to be great Mm-hmm. Look good, play good, play good, eat good, eat good, die good. Mm. That's a famous one of his. Yeah, the look good, play good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care what they say about me when I'm through with sports. I don't want to be known as anything else in life but a great father. Mm. Now, coach yeah, his son. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's good. I was kind of scared. I thought Detroit was going to take me. I would have asked them for so much money, they would have had to put me on layaway. <laughs> layaway. It's going to be a lot of zeros in that contract. You're going to think it's alphabet soup or something, all the zeros in there. 
this this is what I'm talking about. Alphabet soup. Because of all the zeros. I guess, but yeah. zeros are in the alphabet. Wow. I'm married to football. Baseball is my girlfriend. Ah, that's a good one. When <laughs> when you say I committed adultery, are you stating before the marriage of 96 or prior to it? The <laughs> fact that you are... <laughs> now, wait a minute. When did I do this? Hmm. Yeah. Fishing's relaxing, I... man. Most relaxing thing in my life. It's therapy for me. I don't think about business, sports. All I think about is catching the next fish. Hmm. Don't like fish. I think he supersedes Peyton Manning, but let's not throw Tom Brady in the category with Joe Montana, who is four for four. He's royalty. My man. That's why. Yep. Yep. My man, Coach Prime. Now, okay. Travis, I want you to. Um, no, I'm going to do it because I want to have this in front of me. Because <laughs> um, this okay. next quote I, I find very, very interesting if what I'm thinking is true. So, hold on. Okay. Um, and some of these are obviously during his playing days, yes. not his coaching days. Okay, you ready for this quote? Uh-huh. The problem I have with Bill Parcells is him quitting. I don't like guys quitting. If you sign up for something, finish the job. Get the job done. Don't quit. It is a three-year formula. He goes in, gets his three years, and then he quits and walks out of there with a bucket full of money. I don't like that part of it. Hey, Dion, you're at Jacksonville State for two. You walked out of there with a bucket full of money and into Colorado. Mm. Yes, that's true. But he also, I thought they elevated that program and made it better than when he got there. So technically, he did he did his job. Yes, but still, I mean, you when they signed him, they had to think it was going to be for more than two years. Mm. Oh well, yeah. I never wear that's the same sure. same shoe twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a rich guy quote, if I ever heard one. Oh, yeah. Wear the same shoes every day. Yep. In fact, I don't think I have another pair of shoes. <laughs> I've slowly started to expand the, the shoe game and the shoe closet, but usually I'm the same way. I would do this for free as long as you're doing it for free. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bill Belichick is the best professional football coach I think ever lived. I'm upset that I played for a plethora of teams and never got an opportunity to play for Bill Belichick. Yeah. Some high praise there. Mm -hmm. Marshawn Lynch is the heart of this team. If he's not going, the Seahawks aren't going. I can really fish. I've been fishing since I was a kid. He loves talking about fish. <laughs> he likes his hobby. Fishing. Yep. Yeah, it's always seemed kind of kind of boring to me. But, yeah, I just – there's something about him when you're talking about, you know, you were talking about Flash. Like, he is the most Flash. Oh, yeah, for sure. As far as a personality and over the top. Yeah. And so his team kind of just Inherited feeds that. off that. What, yeah. Whether it's intended or not. Right. And that's where I think, Travis, of the culture difference. Oh, yeah. I don't think of Flash when I think of Oregon. Uniforms, yes. But as far as personalities on the football field, I can't tell you a single Oregon duck <laughs> who had Flash. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone kind of knows the quarterback, Bo Nix, mm -hmm. for the but, Ducks right now. Yeah, but... He, 
that's because of his play on the field. It's not because he's flashy. No. Yeah, and I mean, I get that the Oregon felt disrespected because everyone was talking about Colorado mm-hmm. and talked about it on the show that everyone still continues to talk about it and whatnot, that they were overhyped and whatnot. And the Ducks were 21-point favorites, and they still were kind of got disrespected and whatnot. So I mean, anytime the coach you're playing against has had an album come out called Prime Time, Ooh, there you go, the album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he hosted Saturday Night Live on February 18th, mm. where he performed a medley of songs from Prime Time, including Must Be the Money and Heidi Heidi Hey. <laughs> he also was friends with MC Hammer and appeared in the Too Legit to Quit music video. Ah, yes, yes. Too Legit to Quit. Yes. Love it. And uh, you got all those quotes there. I got another one for you. Okay. We played like hot garbage. Good old-fashioned butt-kicking, no excuses. Yep. That's the quote that he had after the Oregon game on well, Saturday. Well, because had no other quote you could take. We played like hot garbage. Travis, here's what I'm going to say. And this but week, that also means that, you know, he knows that mm-hmm. they – this was a, a game to kind of see where they're at, a litmus mm-hmm. test, that they're not ready. And they're not ready to take that next step. Yeah, they were without Travis Hunter, but Oregon was good anyways. And right. they're not ready. They're, and that's okay. Despite all the the talk that they've been talking. Here's what I'm going to say, Travis. And this may be controversial. And this, you know, we talk about the hot takes on Monday. This may be a hot take. Deion Sanders will never win a national title in college. Because, Travis, when you think of national college football champion coaches how many of them have more charisma and are flashy and egotistical yeah not a whole lot of them no nick saban whether you love him or you hate him he's not known for giving quotable material and he's not known for being over the top and he's eccentric and no no kirby smart is not Urban Meyer wasn't like, yeah, no, that's true. It's not something that is seen as successful. The the mm-hmm. only one you can kind of get who could you could say maybe would be Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, when he was in college, he was quotable, but when you had Reggie Bush and Matt Liner, you could back it up. Mm-hmm. I just no coach who's been successful at college in the last twenty years. Right. Has been that charismatic, I'm going to tell you we're the best and why we're the best and how we're better than everybody else like Dion does. Yeah, and it's kind of him trying to break the mold. And I that. get that. I understand that. But it's not a successful thing, I think. I mean, that, that jury's still out for the first – it's only been four games. Well, yes, but I'm saying I, I still – because would you not say, Travis, that Harbaugh in Michigan is eccentric, charismatic, with quotable material? Mm, he used to be. He used to be. And then what happened? He was losing, so he stopped, and now they're decent. <laughs> yeah. Your coach in college football should not be the one making headlines. It should be the players. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because if the Bears have the number one pick in the draft, they're not drafting Deion Sanders out of Colorado. No. 
I mean, as much as I'm sure they'd like Coach Prime to come coach for him. <laughs> I don't even know if that would help. No, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> I, a lot of stuff. I just think that is more of a mentality of an NFL coach. And that can work there because you have players who have longevity, who are veterans, who are settled in their spots. Yeah. In college, you have young kids who are looking for playing time, who want to be a star because it helps their draft stock so they can go to the NFL and make money. Mm. And, the, and with the NIL stuff. Yeah. And the more my coach get talks, the less he's taking away from me. But he's also giving them attention. Like, w- without Coach Prime, they're not getting watched. But, they're not getting pregame shows, so they're not getting those NIL deals. Yes, but they're also not. not getting opportunities to talk. Yeah. And to be held accountable for their actions, like other players at other places. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Because in the NFL, that's what's going to happen. If his son goes to the NFL as a quarterback and makes a mistake, Dion's not going to be there in the post-game press conference. It's going to have to be him. Mm-hmm. Right. And we haven't heard him say a word, hardly. Yeah, Shador is kind of... It's him, like when they bursted on the scene, Shador and Travis Hunter were all over the place after that TCU game. Yeah. And, I mean, Shador, I think he can handle it. I mean, God, look at who his dad is. He's been <laughs> trying to hold his dad accountable and whatnot mm-hmm. for his whole life. Yeah. So, I just don't whole playing think career. Dion's style is going to be successful long-term in the college league. Yeah, and maybe not. And I think that's why, Travis, if the Dallas season goes kaput, Mike McCarthy, you think Coach Prime makes a call to Jerry Jones? Hmm. I mean, it all depends on how good their relationship is. I mean, the last time they were in the Super Bowl, it was Dion who was there. Yeah, but I don't know how good Jerry Jones gets along with people. Well, Jerry Jones doesn't get along with anybody. Yeah. But that seems like a flashy hire people. that Dallas would make. Especially when they the antithesis of that is almost Mike McCarthy. Yeah. And Mike McCarthy is everything Dion is not. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So it it would be such a Jerry Jones thing to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a move. That they would make for sure. And so Oregon was 21 uh, point favorites. Well, this time, 21 and a half point favorites are USC coming to Colorado this Saturday. 11 a.m. kickoff, of course. The Colorado pregame show that's called the Fox Big Noon Kickoff will be there as well to see the Trojans, 21 and a half point favorites right now. All right. So uh, we've already given Colorado exposure enough today yes i'm done talking colorado (laughs) we're done talking about college football so uh let's get to uh some uh nascar nascar things here okay and i know that you had i just have one thing so Mm -hmm. i I don't know where you're going with this so i'm intrigued uh well you know espn comes out an article articles every once in a while and uh ryan mcgee's been kind of the 
one guy that comes up with these. Oh yeah, he's um, really good. Top at, five lists or oh, whatnot. Yeah, the top five lists. Seventy-five things for NASCAR's seventy-fifth anniversary mm-hmm. season, and mm-hmm. before the season started, Eric had his countdown top seventy-five moments yep. Yep. in NASCAR history. Uh, today was uh, always one of an intriguing topic of the uh, top five lists: is the five biggest scandals in oh, NASCAR okay. history. Okay. So if any of these, I have not seen this. If these ring a bell. Oh, for I'm you. Sure they all do. Uh, honorable mention is a story from 1982, but NASCAR's DB Cooper. Yes. Have know anything about that? Yes, it was a gentleman who raced in a race at Talladega, and then vanished off the face of the earth and was never heard from again. Yep. I can't remember the name off the top of my head right now, but just this this totally odd thing that happened, and it was really bizarre mm-hmm. he has been found recently i know yep. he was on some podcast appearance and stuff right but, um yeah i i like that i don't know if that's such a scandal but he did make out a lot of money i think that's what a part of it is in may of 1982 lw right ah, lw right that's right competed at talladega super speedway in a chevy monte carlo starting at 36th mm-hmm. and he finished 39th despite never having ran a cup series race before or since as soon as his run in the winston 500 was over he vanished taking the money he had received from investors, parking the race car purchase from Sterling and Coco Marlin, then disappearing for 40 years mm-hmm. despite the efforts of authorities and lawyers to track him down. He later resurfaced a year ago, speaking with uh, longtime NASCAR journalist Rick Houston yep. at a secret location and proclaiming his innocence. And ESPN had a story about that too. But And, and Fox Sports on uh, NASCAR Race Hub did a great video on it as well. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Then you get to do the actual top five list. It was uh, the King, Richard Petty's Big Engine. Mm -hmm. On October 9th, 1983, he was involved in his 198th win of his career, and it was at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And uh, during a post-race inspection, uh, the famous 43 Pontiac was found to have a 381 plus cubic inch engine well over the 358 cubic inch limit. And what's more, on the final pit stop, the team bolted left side tires on the right side, mm-hmm. also against the rules there. After three hours of deliberation, it was determined that the Kings win would stand, but Petty was stripped of 104 points and handed a then-record $30,000 fine. Years later, mechanic Maurice Petty, himself a Hall of Famer, confessed to it all. That night, Big Brother Richard infamously said, We have accepted NASCAR's penalty. I'm the only driver, and I didn't know anything about the motor or tires. He's only the driver. And... There have been people still to this day who debate whether Richard Petty should have 200 wins or not because of that. Mm. Because there were people saying that the only way he could get to 200 was by cheating. Yeah, that big big engine and the tires. Travis, I am one of those where when it comes to NASCAR, I am a fan of innovation. And there have been a lot of drivers I heard on podcasts saying, if my crew chief is staying within the rules and not trying to work in the gray... I don't want him being my crew chief because everyone else is trying to find an advantage too. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like technology. If you're not pressing technology faster at your job, mm-hmm. you're behind. Yeah. Same thing in NASCAR. So mm-hmm. I it's applaud true. innovation. Yeah. But 
don't want to cheat. I applaud innovation. <laughs> Uh, the uh, number four uh, scandal is Wendell Scott's missing trophy. Mm-hmm. You know anything about this? Say yes. A uh, cold December evening in 1963 at Jacksonville Speedway in uh, Florida, the uh, uh, powder blue th- number 34 Chevy of Wendell Scott outlasted a, a field of 21, taking the checkered flag a full two laps ahead of second place Buck Baker, as was the motorsport modest uh, at the time. Uh, protests were filed mm-hmm. and had the hand-scored lap sheets kept by NASCAR and the individual teams were rounded up for review. Baker was actually declared the winner, taking victory lane photos and collecting the trophy. Later that night, NASCAR admitted a scoring error and declared Scott the rifle winner, but Baker and the trophy were long gone. Yep. And a big reason of this is it was Florida, the time frame it was, and Wendell Scott was African-American. Right, yeah. And so Wendell Scott himself has said that they waited till after everyone leave, left to announce him the winner because they didn't want people not to come back, people not to support NASCAR, all that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah, in the 1960s. Yep. So yep. that tells yep. you all the time yep. frame you didn't know. I also heard a rumor that was because the, uh, the main reason it happened was because the trophy girl. Because back in those days, there was a trophy girl you got – did not want to give him a kiss. So, mm. but yeah, again, during the times. Yep. Uh, NASCAR didn't give Scott a new trophy for years, finally righting the wrong in 2021, 57 years after his win. Mm-hmm. And Scott was elected to the NASCAR Hall of Fame yep. in 2015. Uh, number three is Aaron Fike's heroin confession. I've heard about this. Uh, NASCAR's original drug-related scandal took place in 1988 with Tim Richmond amid rumors that he was suffering from AIDS, was suspended for testing positive for banned substances, and the sanctioning bodies loose will test if we have our suspicions approach was born, and that policy would stand all the way up until 2008, and uh, that changed until Aaron Fikes, a truck series competitor, who had been arrested one year earlier for heroin possession, admitted to ESPN that he had raced with heroin in his system multiple times, even finishing in the top five the same week he was arrested. Mm-hmm. So he was on the heroin. Yeah, and he racing. always gets passed over. You don't hear a lot about him. The big one everyone talks about is Jeremy Mayfield. Yeah, they also and mentioned that. The reason why is because Jeremy Mayfield was a NASCAR Cup Series. Fike was just in the Truck Series. But I think he was racing for Hendrick at the time or had a loose affiliation with Hendrick Motorsports. So it's kind of a big deal in that regard. But, yeah, uh, that kind of set up the, the policy and, and everything like that going forward. Mm-hmm. Yep, that Shane Neal's another one, too, uh, who broke the drug policy as well. Right, yeah, they mentioned Jeremy Mayfield in the next paragraph there. Uh, the number two uh, was fairly recent in uh, 2013. Uh, was it Spingate? Spingate. Yep, Spingate. Yep, that is that's where the number two controversy. Michael Waltrip Racing tried to or manipulate scandal, the last race of the uh, playoff before the playoffs by Clint Boyer spinning out, and mm-hmm. uh, the famous audio of uh, his uh, on his radio of "I bet your arm's tired. Why don't you itch it?" And then he spins out, and then the problem was was that Dale Jr. was right behind him, and Jr. comes over his radio and says. He just spun that car out. It was the dangest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a problem. Um, you also yeah. had a, a caution come out, and 
as soon as the race restarts from the caution, Brian Vickers, who's a teammate, is told, you need to pit. And Vickers goes, why? Just pit. (laughs) (laughs) That whole race was bad because, again, it's another thing where no one talks about it. Penske was doing the same thing with front row motorsports in that same race where they were letting each other pass each other for positioning uh, so they could help, you know, the drivers because of alliances and stuff like that. And that's where NASCAR kind of said, all right, this is a problem. We're going to end this. And that's part of why we have the 16-team playoff now was because the worst thing they could have done, though, was the following week they came out and said, we're putting Jeff Gordon into the playoffs now. So mm. he, because of everything that happened that was out of his control, he right. couldn't help what was happening. So they said, to make it fair, they're going to put him in the playoffs. And it's like, no, you just he doesn't make it. Sucks to be him, but you also click, you know, take out Clint Boyer, mm-hmm. and we're all good. So, right. yeah, that was not that was a black eye. That was mm-hmm. not a fun one. Spingate. Spingate. Only the number two scandal in oh, NASCAR, I'm, though. Is number one the death of Dale Earnhardt? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, that they, would be they, they conspiracy. It's conspiracy theories, not yeah. scandals. Uh, the number one, according to uh, Ryan McGee, is uh, Jimmy Hoffa versus NASCAR. Uh, the gangster? Yes, Jimmy Hoffa. Okay. The this infamous union leader. Uh, he, uh, of course, had questionable business practices and, of course, inspired all these conspiracy theories searching for where he is buried. Uh, he went to war with NASCAR as well and said it started in 1960. When a driving ace Curtis Turner and entrepreneur Bruton uh, Smith mm-hmm. needed funding for their under construction and already bankrupt Charlotte Motor Speedway, Hoffa's Teamsters Union stepped up, offering the needed cash in exchange for the formation of a NASCAR's Drivers Union. And the FPA, the Federation of Professional Athletes, was born, and a Turner, along with fellow superstar Tim Flock, re- recruited. The uh, paddock with the promise of more prize money, a pension plan, health and death benefits, safety advancements, uh, even scholarship funds for children of deceased members. NASCAR founder and president of Bill France didn't have much of a problem with all of it, but he was adamantly against something Hoffa was asking for in return, the establishment of horse track style betting windows at the speedways uh, there. Um, France said uh, organized gambling would be bad for our sport and it would spill innocent blood on our racetrack and we'll fight it till the end. He did going to court against the Teamsters in Florida uh, and uh, drivers bailed on the FPA, which folded in 1962 and Turner and Flock were slapped with lifetime bans. Turner returned briefly in 1965, but Flock remained on the outs until his death in 1998, finally elected to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in 2014, and Turner was voted to in two years later. There, so uh, Jimmy Hoffa and his uh, business dealings with NASCAR. Hmm. Tim Flock, Travis, you mentioned Tim Flock in that. Mm-hmm. Um, famous for having a race with um, a monkey. A he monkey. had a monkey in his car. Hmm. Co-driver named Jocko Flacco, who uh, <laughs> raced with him uh, May 16th, 1953, to a win. So Jocko Flacco became the only winning monkey ever. 
A monkey. The uh, Yes, the monkey was retired two weeks later, though. Um, the monkey pulled the device to allow the driver to observe the right front tire and was hit by a pebble. So, mm. basically, they, back in the day, they used to have a, a string, basically, you would pull up to look at the tire to see how it was wearing, so you knew when to come into the pits. So, I guess the monkey, in the middle of the race, pulled that <laughs> lever up, and a pebble came up and hit the monkey in the head. Oh. Yeah. Probably. Flock actually did a pit stop to remove the monkey in the middle of the race, and he went on to finish third. He would have won if the monkey didn't cause the problem. So that sure. monkey was a good driver, apparently. Just <laughs> couldn't sit still. Yeah. Flocko I would have, Flocko. I yes. would imagine. Imagine it would be hard to keep keep the monkey interested. Hey, I like it. For a long race. I'm a fan of it. I had never, never heard about that. The monkey or the... The monkey. Yes. Oh, yeah, and I... Didn't Ever know heard about, about Jimmy Hoffa and NASCAR. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's the biggest scandals in NASCAR. I like it. I'm a fan of that. NASCAR history. I may have to look those up. According to Ryan McGee. Yes. Yes. I've, I've seen a couple of those, but I haven't looked at all of them. So I'm glad you brought that up, Travis. Yeah. Scandals. Everyone kind of. Everyone likes scandals. Likes that. Now, Travis. Mm-hmm. This weekend, NASCAR will be in Talladega, mm-hmm. and it's not something we usually do. We usually don't talk about the paint schemes. No. But we're going to this week, Travis, mm-hmm. because this was just announced yesterday. And for a team in uh, Stuart Haas Racing that is not in the playoffs, Travis, I'm going to be watching their cars this weekend. Okay. Because Stuart Haas Racing, Travis, at Talladega... Doing a little shaking and baking. Oh, my. They got the old yes. Spice, Cal Norton Jr., and yep. they got the Ricky Bobby Wonder, Wonder Bread, Bread car. Nice. Straight up. That's and awesome. Yes. <laughs> I'm a fan of this. That's um, awesome. I, I love it. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> nice. I, I just want at some point in the race for those two to hook up and be like, shake and bake, That's engage. right. Yep. Yep. Just push <laughs> them to the front. It's got to happen. Got to. Slingshot, it's, engage. And it's at Talladega. Yeah, it's just perfect. Now, Kurt Busch did something like this a couple of years ago. Well, I'm more than a couple now. Where he, he, at the time, was with Phoenix Racing, didn't have a full-time sponsor, so he raced the Mii car. Ah, yes. The, the me car. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, was pretty successful. Led some laps, which was really cool to see that car up front uh, at Talladega during a NASCAR race. So, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully these two can get up front for just a moment and, and uh, you know, give us something to smile about. Yeah, you got to give the, the slingshot. Give the people what they want. Absolutely. Got to get the shake and bake. Yep. So, And I'm also glad that they got the two teammates to do it as opposed to just like one car being the Wonder Bread car. I'm glad that they got two to do the two cars. Yeah, and the teammates. Yep. That's also important. Yep. <laughs> so Nice. Now, what makes it even better, Chase Briscoe, who's the driver of the 14, um, says that Talladega Nights one of my all-time favorite movies, and I'm really glad that Old Spice was on board to come back to Stuart Haas Racing because Old Spice used to sponsor Tony Stewart when he drove the 14. So oh. we're saying we couldn't do this Talonites deal without them. And as a Tony Stewart fan who has gone on to drive his car, it's really special to be the one to bring it back to all the fans. So a full circle moment 
for Tony Stewart and for Chase Briscoe and the movie and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I like it when we have full circle moments. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, while we're talking NASCAR, still no update on the schedule. Still no schedule. For 2024. Yeah, we're just going to wing it. We're just going to not get one. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, we're just going to just gonna wing it. Yep. By the way, Travis, if you're looking for something to do this Saturday, you can watch the trucks at Talladega. Mm. I like some truck action. It's it's always a, a fun one when they are at Talladega. I like the trucks mm-hmm. at Talladega. Yeah. In the RVs loves uh, the loves RV stop two fifty. Mm. Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby came out in two thousand six. I know. Hmm. Seventy one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. They don't know what they're talking about. Six point six out of ten on IMDb. It's it's a ten out of ten. Oh yeah. It's the second greatest NASCAR movie ever made. Second greatest. Yep. The greatest one ever made, by the way, in case you were wondering, um, is Days of Thunder. Ah, well, yeah, it's also a good one. Days of Thunder is always a good one. It has all these lovely pictures of these actors that were in it, and then it has the just the one guy's picture is just his mugshot. He played the young Ricky Bobby. Oh, yeah. A couple parts Not of the first, movie. Not first, last, yeah. But it has his mugshot. Well, I mean, maybe that's his only acting credit was that. <laughs> Maybe. He was arrested in 2014. So it all went downhill for him. What was he arrested for? Was it street uh, racing? Because it set him up for a life of crime if it did. He's accused of domestic violence against his mother. Oh, well, if you ain't first, you're last. So, there's that. Luke huh? Bingham. Ah, the Luke Bingham. He's also known for Eastbound and Down as well. Yeah, so he did have more than just Ricky Bobby. Yeah, he was on a, two episodes of oh, Eastbound and Down. Okay. So next thing I'm known for being on that Eastbound was and his Down. Uh, only credits for uh, on his IMDb is Talladega Nights and two episodes of Eastbound and Down. That's <laughs> yeah, better than no episodes of Eastbound and Down, I guess. Guess so. He's bounding down. That was on HBO. It was. Nice. Is it on Max? Oh, we may have to may have to do some looking on that one. Looks like I'll be soon investing in a you subscription will. to yes. Max. Yes, join the Max party. It is, uh, of course, because it was an HBO yeah. thing. I watched the entire uh, series of The West Wing, Travis, on Max. The West Wing. Yeah. Nice. Made me start getting my presidential campaign ready. There you go. I mean, it is the year coming up in 2024. Ready. Not quite ready for that. I won't be old enough yet, but (laughs) the next one, I'll be there. Yeah. You got a while. Yeah. For that. Yeah. Part of the party party. The party party. Yeah, we're just here to party. Have a good time. The fry party. Fry party. My party's here to party, and we're going to out-party your party. Eastbound and down. Now Travis knows what he's doing the rest of the day. Yeah. I do need to start looking at things that are on 
Uh, what I can watch Hard Knocks. Yeah, and, Hard Knocks. Yeah, every season of it. Some AMC stuff. Season. NBA, NHL, and TNT. Yeah. A postseason coming up, but there you go. Probably won't get that soon. So, but yeah, looks like I, I know what I'm doing. Yep. Oh, and I mean, everything that encompasses on Max. Look at all this stuff. I know. Movies. I've seen movies, Travis, from watching Max. <laughs> I'm going to have to let my... Uh, Saw a movie I thought was going to be funny and it ended up having vivid uh, language and uh, oh. adult scenes in it that I was not oh. expecting. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun. Oh, yeah. It was a blast. My wife's looking at me going, why are we watching this? I mean... And drugs. I'm going to have to let my mom use my account because all this stuff, flip and flop, house hunters, oh, yeah, fixer yeah. upper. Well, yeah, because Max bought uh, Discovery. Discovery. So that has yeah. DLC. All and... this stuff. Yep, yep. Wow. Travis, you're missing out. I guess so. Get with the now. Yeah. I'll get with it soon enough. So... All right, I don't think I I don't think I have anything else. Nope, I don't either. All right, so we'll get on out of here then and call it a show. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading. We'll be back for you tomorrow. We'll be talking playoffs tomorrow. Back better than ever. Back with a playoff picture for week six. And for high school NFL, football. I got a little nugget for NFL playoffs as well. Oh, the NFL playoffs. It's only week four. I have a nugget that is very important to some teams. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll be back to talk postseason tomorrow. Until then, peace out. <laughs>